What is up, everybody? Uh, thank you for checking out a new episode of the Babacoa Core podcast. Uh, I am your host, Patrick C. Huerta. Uh, thank you for checking out the podcast. Um, if I could ask a favor uh, before we get into that, uh, let me remind you or ask of you uh, to rate, review, and subscribe uh, on iTunes or SoundCloud uh, or even the YouTube page. Um, it would really uh, help the show and connect the show uh, you know, broaden our visibility and help other people find out about the podcast. Uh, so yeah, like, share, subscribe uh, to whichever platform that you use uh, to listen to the Baba Core Core podcast. Uh, I very much appreciate that. Uh, you can contact uh, the show uh, at babacorecore at yahoo.com uh, for any questions or suggestions or if you're interested in coming on the, uh, the podcast to kind of like push and promote uh, whatever it is that you have going on, um, you know, send an email there. Uh, I am kind of the only one that fucks with yahoo.com. Uh, so, yeah, babacorecore at yahoo.com. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Babacoa Core Podcast. Uh, that is where I like to uh, push and promote uh, anything that the guests, uh, past guests or friends of the podcast have going on. I'll repost there on the Instagram page. Uh, so follow that so to stay in the know of uh, what's going on uh, with everybody, uh, with friends and uh, friends and past guests of the podcast. Um, all info on uh, me or uh, the podcast itself and all the links, places you can find the podcast, you can find on the website, uh, www.babacoacore.com. Uh, check that out to stay in the know. And uh, yeah, uh, this episode, I want to dedicate it uh, to Daniel Johnston. Today is September 11th, uh, 2019. And uh, uh, Daniel Johnston... Uh, died of a heart attack at the age of 58. Um, I, I don't know if, uh, if y'all know about Daniel Johnston. He's a, a, a genius, uh, lo-fi uh, singer-songwriter artist uh, that, that, uh, kinda, that suffered with uh, manic depression. Um, he's, he's a, he, I, I don't even know. I don't have words to describe it. I didn't write anything down. Uh, I just know that I did want to dedicate uh, this episode uh, to Daniel Johnson, just getting words of the news. Uh, it was a pretty, pretty heavy day, pretty sad day. Um, I did catch him. I was able to catch him at the, the Paper Tiger or White Rabbit. I don't know which one it was, if what, what name it was under. A couple years back, it was a great experience um, to see him live um, and performing and all that good stuff. Um, how I found out about Daniel Johnston is through a, a rockumentary, rock, rock, documentary, whatever you say, uh, called The Devil and Daniel Johnston. Um, if you don't know it, if you haven't seen it before, I recommend it, highly recommend it. Um, it's, a, it's a great, great uh, documentary. This guy, Daniel Johnston, he, he knew that people wanted to know his story. He knew that there was something about him, his story, that he had something to say, something to tell, uh, something to share with, with the world. And uh, throughout his, his life, from a young kid um, all the way through, you know, his adulthood, everything he documented, you know, he, he took videos, uh, audio recording. Um, he documented his, his, his whole life that he coming up, you know, in the, from the eighties, seventies, eighties, uh, nineties throughout the whole music scene, uh, his, his time in, in Austin, uh, with the Austin music scene. Um, 
and uh, he, he's he's very well known with 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 mainstream artists. They he, they were huge fans of his. Um, I think uh, Kurt Cobain of Nirvana had one of his uh, the, the one of Daniel Johnson's shirts on at one of the music awards or something like that, and that's how people became recognized with the Daniel Johnston, the the Jeremiah the Frog, um, and the Hi How Are You uh, T-shirt um, of Daniel Johnston. Uh, great artist. Uh, I really uh, connected with a lot of the things. Or he, he he just connected with a lot of people through that documentary, the Daniel, uh, the Devil and Daniel Johnston. Um, so I recommend y'all checking that out. Um, look it up on YouTube or uh, check out his music, um, Spotify, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, Daniel Johnston. Uh, he passed away today um, of a heart attack at the age of 58. Uh, I was very sad to hear that. Um, and so, yeah, I just wanted to, I mean, it's just a podcast, just the Bible Code Core podcast, but I did, I mean, this is my, um, my avenue or whatever to kind of make a dedication to him because he did help me out in a lot of, uh, a lot of hard times in my life. Um, and, uh, I know he helps out a lot of people who kind of connect with him, uh, through his music, through his art and just wanted to do my part in, uh, you know, uh, saying thank you and dedicating this episode to him. Uh, yeah, Daniel Johnston, the devil and Daniel Johnston, uh, check it out on, uh, the interwebs or whatever, but back to our guests or to our guests, uh, today I had a very funny, uh, comedian, local comedian or local now, uh, he's from Ohio, but he's a, a San Antonio, uh, 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 resident now, uh, Jeremy Brown, very funny dude, uh, you'll get to know about him, uh, through this podcast or the episode, Check him out because he will be doing a lot of shows, uh, and the dude's fucking hilarious. Um, I'll put all his uh, social media stuff. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, before, uh, let's just get into the episode. What is up, everybody? Thank you for checking out a new episode of the Baba Cool Core Podcast. On today's episode, I have a very funny comedian, uh, Jeremy Brown. What's up? How you doing? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming out, man. Uh, been wanting to have you sit down for a while, and then you got to do the uh, LOL Showcase last night. Yep. How did that go for you, man? It was good. It was interesting because uh, typically for the showcases, the room is completely packed. I walked in at the start of the show, I'm like, oh my God, the room is over half empty. What is going on? Uh, so I was just like, oh, well, we're just going to have fun. And then there was a table up front that was fantastic. Like they were, you you could tell they were there to laugh. They were having fun. We were interacting. Uh, I think I had a really good set. Uh, it was, some of my stuff would hit. It, would, it was really interesting. They'd be like, oh, everybody loved that joke. And then they're like, oh, I don't like that joke. But I would make fun of myself because that's just my style. And then kind of ride that wave over with it. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was a good crowd. Everybody told me I ran long, uh, but I was like, look, 
I promise I'm not trying to do anything. They said, I'm going to give you the light. And then you got a minute. I'm like, okay. After every joke I'm looking over, I'm like, I'm not going to run long. I'm like, nope, no light. Keep going. Yeah. And then I came down. I was like, man, you went long. I'm like, not according to him. It doesn't matter if he's high. Uh, I I went eight minutes according to him. So yeah, it was, it was a fun set though, man. Yeah. No, you did pretty good. Yeah. He doesn't really, he lights differently. Like he'll flash it, but he doesn't wait for you to see. If you saw him flash it. Perfect. So that's definitely great if I'm going off your cue for you to not actually make sure I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh shit, we jump right into that. Uh let's let's do your plugs first. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Social media, where can people find you? How do people find you? All that stuff. Yeah, so uh Jeremy Brown, F U N E, Jeremy Brown Fun E on Twitter and Instagram. Uh if you are uh into Michigan or Detroit football, uh, the UFC or the Bachelor franchise, you will absolutely love my Twitter feed. Uh, If you do not like those things, you should still follow me and then just immediately mute me. Uh, That'd be great. Uh, okay, so I was on board until you went to the Bachelor franchise. Yeah, the, man. The, TV, the reality Absolutely. TV show? Absolutely. Yeah, Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, for sure. That's my jam. That is your jam? Absolutely. Why? It is people watching. You sit on your couch and you get to judge all these people and their terrible decisions in life. Yeah, but of all the reality shows, yeah. or game, is it considered a reality game show, I guess? Essentially, yeah. Right? Okay. The prize is love, but yes. The prize is love, yeah. which is ridiculous. Absolutely. Uh Man, I've never heard anybody say that that was their jam. Oh, abs- man, it's it's so much fun. And you get, look, it's garbage. <laughs> it I have garbage. no problem saying that. It's absolute garbage. I know producers have a lot to do with it. There's always somebody you know that's going to be terrible and everybody hates them and they're going to stay for way too long. That That's fine. It is what it is. Uh, but it's, it's a lot of fun. You get to, like, man, you... It's basically people watching, but you don't have to go to Walmart. You just sit on your couch and you yeah. can drink and have fun. Everybody's on it on social media. Like basically I'll watch it and just tweet jokes about what's going on and then oh, just okay. look at the hashtags and the the retweets and likes from all these what I can only assume are lonely white women. And yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. I found my fan base. All right. I get that. I, I fuck with that sometimes. Like the whole that hashtag, like a, a TV show, like uh I don't know if you ever watched that. What would you do? Yeah, yeah. I would always like hashtag and argue with people about that. For sure. Stuff. So I get that. I, but yeah. with the bachelor, I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, but yeah, I did see you're pretty heavy in, in UFC. You go to the UFC yes. events and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, I go to, uh, I've got a buddy that will will travel a few times a year where um, I'll book like the, the flights, the hotel, get the fight tickets and everything. And then he's super big into um, bars and um, he's like a foodie and an... Uh, an alcohol connoisseur. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know a lot of guys that just drink a lot, but like he actually knows yeah, yeah. about alcohol. So he'll kind of scope out and say, these are the restaurants we need to hit. These are the bars we're going to hit. And basically we just go and explore the city and then cap off the week, go into fights and just have fun. Yeah. That's cool, man. I've never seen it live. I always wanted to check it out live. It has to be fucking like electric. It is amazing. So going, it's it's both uh, the best and worst thing ever. So when you're watching on sports, like you can mute it, walk away, do whatever, mm-hmm. no big deal. Like if if the crowd is being annoying, you just mute it. You don't have to listen to it. If you're there and there's somebody that's just drunk in your ear the whole night, you can't turn it off. Yeah. But 
when you're at an event and especially like if it's in the main event or if it's for a belt and you see somebody get knocked out and just 15,000 people losing their minds all at the same time, like you, you literally, you feel it inside. It's absolutely amazing. One of the coolest experiences was, um, steep, uh, steep is now again, the UFC heavyweight champ. Yeah. When he defended the belt in Cleveland, which is where he's from, I was there when he knocked out Alistair Overeem. That plate, like the roof blew off. Yeah. It was one of the coolest sports moments I've ever been a part of. Like that, that was absolutely incredible. That's crazy, yeah. man. Yeah. Shit. I got to check it out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so cool, man. So uh, comedy. Uh, yes. Where'd you get to start in comedy? I started in Ohio, obviously well known for comedy, the great yeah, state right? of Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but actually what had happened, so uh, I was a very fat, very white, very awkward kid. <laughs> uh, so I got made fun of a whole bunch in school and I started realizing, okay, man, if I want to get these guys off me, I need to start making jokes, make them laugh. Uh, and then in high school, I really started watching stand up uh, Comedy Central Friday nights. It would just be like stand up after stand up. And I, I loved it. And then in college. I started writing stuff down, visited a buddy at school in North Carolina, and before we went out one night, they said, we're not going anywhere until you do a five-minute set in the living room. I was like, okay, so I just... In front of just your friends? Yeah, like, it was me and three friends just hanging out, and they were like, do five minutes or we're not going out. And so I wrote stuff out and put stuff together. I did a set in his living room, and my buddies laugh, and they're all jerks. So I was like, okay, if I can make them laugh, maybe this can work, and then came back home and... There was a, a coffee shop that they have open mics on Fridays, except their open mic is basically all high school kids playing acoustic covers oh, of terrible songs. Variety mic, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I go up and like, hey guys, I'm going to tell some jokes. Everybody's like, oh God, I don't, I don't want to listen to anybody. What is this kid doing? But... Uh, I did it and I had fun and then just started, I, I performed at my college a couple times, uh, and then branched out. I actually went, I performed at a club there and then hooked on with some guys where the main guy, uh, his name is Demetrius Nicodemus. Um, he's been like, he was a headliner around the country, but then hooked on and was a part of the most popular radio show in the state of Ohio. They had like a 90% share, basically 90% of all the radios in their listening area tuned into their show every morning. Mm -hmm. I started doing guest spots on their shows, doing some skits and sketches with them. And then we all started doing shows together around Ohio and Michigan. So we were just doing... We're doing, uh, we wouldn't do mics, um, but they were actual shows and promoting everything ourselves and uh, a lot of fun. But then I lost my day job oh, uh, okay. and I'm like, I'm doing a show every weekend, but making 50 bucks a weekend isn't really going to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then ended up moving to Texas and started all over again. Oh, wow, man. Yeah. So it was like kicking up up there and then you had to like move down here. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Like I was like, oh man. I started thinking like this could actually go somewhere. Like I could hook on, I could be doing a radio show. I could actually make a living doing stand up, but then just have the rug pulled out because I mean, I, I love doing stand up, mm-hmm. but like I said, it, it's definitely not paying the bills. I just enjoy it on weekends. Uh, and then yeah, coming down to Texas so I could actually get a job and starting over and, cool. I'm this white kid that nobody knows. I'm socially awkward. I didn't know how to talk to the other comics. Um, basically wasn't really getting anywhere. I got to do a couple cool shows through my job. Uh, Steve Trevino, who's absolutely hysterical. He's a a paid regular out at the comedy store. He's got a few different specials out. Um, Netflix showtime, just funny dude. I got to work with him a few times. Uh, Jesus Trejo, who's 
another super funny guy. I got to do some shows with them. I'm like, cool. They think I'm funny. This is, this is going to turn into my big thing and I'm going to advance. And then the next show I did was a bar show at 2 AM. The host forgot I was even supposed to be performing. She got hammered, forgot she was going to introduce me and then just did 20 minutes of drunken rambling. I'm like, why, why am I, why am I doing this? And I just, I took a five year break because I was like, I'm not getting anywhere, not making any friends in the scene. What's, what's the point in doing this? And you, so you took the break when you were still in Ohio or that's no, I took the, I took the break here. Like I pushed pretty hard for about two, three years. Um, when I, when I first came down, it was just like all that effort with literally no advancement at all. Uh-huh. And I was just, I, I was working second shift. Um, you know, my, my wife's at home wanted to spend time with her. I'm like, look, I can't keep doing these 2am shows for zero people for zero money and then not actually anything ever come from it. Yeah. Uh, so I was just like, I'm just going to hang it up. Okay. So how yeah. long you been in San Antonio? San Antonio, I'm coming up on eight years. Eight years. Yeah. Okay. And so when you, when you just started back up recently? Yeah, uh, I was coming up on about two months ago. Um, I was just like, you know what? I, I missed it. Like, I love making people laugh. Uh, I, I kept writing everything, um, but I just wanted to, I wanted to get back into it. So I started going to a few mics and then, uh, it's funny because like I would go, nobody knew me. So there's like whoever, this guy doesn't matter. Yeah. And then I started getting laughs. And so you'd see kind of comedians start to turn around and pay attention. And then after my set, they'd come up, Hey, you're pretty funny, man. You should go check out this other show or come to this open mic. I'm like, okay. And then from there, now I'm doing four mics a week and then going out to the, the blind tiger on Fridays to hopefully catch on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then doing shows wherever I can. I did a CBD shop in Pflugerville two weeks ago. I don't want to brag. No, I don't want everybody <laughs> to feel bad, but yeah, there were five paying customers. So Basically, my career is taking off. Is what I'm trying to tell you right now. No, nah, man, you're you're fucking hilarious though. Like, it, it looked when I first saw you, I was like, oh man, this guy's either kind of rusty and stuff. Well, like now, yeah, saying that you've been doing it for 13 years, like, fuck, like you just looked like it was natural to you. And mm-hmm. I, I pretty much like I was like, fuck this guy, man, because <laughs> you were like really funny. And like it was the first time I seen you, and like you just came out of nowhere. Yeah, and then you're fucking like destroying at mics, and I was like, man, I don't like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll take it. No, because you're fucking hilarious, man. 13 Appreciate years. That. I mean, I'm not even surprised that you say like 13 years and then taking that, that long of a break, that yeah. five-year break. Yeah. Man, I can't even take two weeks off without getting really depressed and then trying to jump back into it. Like, it's just like, it's you can't, for me, I can't mm-hmm. after two weeks just jump back into it and stuff. No, I and I think you're right. And like, that was the thing. Like, I missed doing it. Like, I was sad not doing it and I wanted to get out. It was just, it was a, it was a very new experience where I was like, I wasn't used to like not getting reactions or not having people to talk to about comedy. And when you go and do comedy, like it's really, it's a community thing. And when you don't feel like you have a community, it's not nearly as fun. So I was just missing that and to now like have that support and just like, I feel like I've taking that long of a break. Like I was just ready to write, ready to try stuff. And now like it's, I kind of take away a little bit of the anxiety and just like, Hey, I'm going to go. And if I bomb, Oh, well, so what? It happens. Yeah. Eventually, I'll do another show, and it'll be good. And I want to get back out there to do a good show. Because, God, bombing at a mic. like Even if there are four people there, like you still want to kill yourself after the show. Because you're just like, well, I am not funny. There's no reason to live anymore. This is terrible. I know, man. I felt so bad for you last night. Because, you okay, you killed at LOL, yeah. the showcase. You did 10 minutes, a little over 10 minutes, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but you fucking killed. And then we, we went to the, the elbow room. 
and there was maybe like four people there. Yeah. There, and zero yeah. people paying attention. Yep. And you're struggling. I mean, we all struggle. Yeah. There, man. I, I try to tell a story and like everybody's just rolling their eyes. I was like, well, I'm not going to do jokes. I was trying to do like work on a, a storytelling yep. joke. Um, I'm not good at that. Um, and then you go up there and I just use square. And now I feel like such a fucking asshole because I went up to you. I was like, hey, man, uh, just don't give up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> And now here's yeah. like, you've been doing it forever. I'm like, fuck me. Who the fuck am I? <laughs> no, but it's true though, man. Like that, it was terrible. Cause literally, so Potter went up right before me. There were two. So it's, if you don't know what the elbow room is, basically it's a small bar and they do open mic, which is really just an opener for karaoke. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty not crowded to begin with. And then there are literally two people in the audience, not sitting at the bar, Potter goes, they both leave. I'm like, there are literally zero people in chairs. Oh, that's right. It's just yeah. every, it's, it's four people at the bar and then the guy running the mic. And I'm just like, oh my God, there, I said, cool. I'm going to try it. If I can make any of these people laugh, I'm going to count that as a win. Nope. Yeah, I, oh, that was terrible. But it's, it, I mean, it's more experience and you, I think like it, it, it gives you thicker skin. For sure. Because you know, you you go into it knowing I am going to eat a dick at this mic right now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, metaphorically, for anybody listening, <laughs> not a literal dick. Uh, but yeah, like you know it's going to be terrible. And you just, you have to feel it and embrace it um, and not let it get to you. Because if you... D- if that's how you're judging how talented you are, like telling jokes for four people that are just there to get drunk on a Tuesday night, you're going to think you're the worst thing ever. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, so you said with that radio show back in, in, mm-hmm. in Ohio. Yeah. So you just had these shows that you were doing. You weren't really doing the open mics up there. So we had an open mic. Uh, we were close to Bowling Green State University. Uh-huh. Uh, shout out Falcons. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, we would do like, it was a, it was actually a pretty cool group Thursday nights. We would go up, uh, and we would do like a writing group before, and then we would go up and do a mic and then we'd kind of review stuff, hang out and drink afterwards. So I would do that on Thursdays, but basically every weekend we were doing a show somewhere in Ohio or Michigan, mm-hmm. um, for different audiences trying to, to build stuff up. I was actually the one, like, I was essentially managing the uh, Demetrius. I was booking the shows, making sure he was getting rates, stuff like that. I was reaching out to some comedians to try and um, we would put on like different uh, shows, different features, uh, openers, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, But yeah, I still did some mics, but honestly, like I'm from small town, Ohio. We've got like 40,000 people. Mm -hmm. Uh, The closest actual club was about an hour away. Um, it is not exactly a happening scene for comedy. Yeah. So, yeah. How do you, how do, how do you think that compares to what you're seeing in San Antonio? Dude, it's crazy. Now, like even when I first came down, basically you had uh the LOL open mic on Tuesdays mm-hmm. and then you had um the River Center comedy open mic on like Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. prime time for comedy by yeah. the way. <laughs> Who doesn't want to hear jokes at Sunday at 1 p.m.? Uh, but that was basically it. Mm-hmm. And then people would just put on random bar shows that you would try and get on. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Or like, um, like at bars downtown stuff, but there was nothing really going on. We didn't really, I think the tiger may have like just opened or something, but I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't know anybody here. I didn't know how to get on anything here. Mm-hmm. So it was, it, there was not a lot going on now. I mean, there's, there's a mic somewhere 
essentially every night. If you want to go up at multiple places, you can go up at multiple places. Like we're just starting another new mic on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, there, if you want to go up to, um, San Marcos, they have a bunch of mics there. So now I feel like it's kind of organically grown. Granted, some of the places you go and it's one of those things where I cannot judge myself on this set, Yeah, but there's a microphone and you can hang out with comics. And I think there's like, there's a cool group of guys that we support each other and want each other to succeed. We try and make each other better. We give each other crap. Yeah. Um, but like everybody wants everybody else to succeed, which is cool. Cause like I said, I feel like comedy is a community. And if you have that kind of support, everything's, you're all going to make each other better. Yeah. I think our, our goal right now is just to make, make it worthwhile to go out to these shows. So even if there's not like a good crowd, like we'll still like consider like a workshop type of thing. For sure. And we'll still try to like build it up from that and stuff. Uh, so show, show wise, since you got back into it, like, yeah. have you been steady with that or I, uh, sort of. So basically I'm doing four mics a week now. Uh, and then I did the lazy days in Pflugerville two weeks ago, lazy days in San Marcos last weekend. Uh, I don't have anything booked right now. I'm trying to get on wherever I can. Like if somebody just calls me and said, Hey, what are you doing Saturday? I'm like, yes, I will do your show. Yeah. It doesn't matter where it is or how many people I'll go and do it. Um, but the next big thing I'm working on, I'm putting together a showcase at jokesters 22, uh, downtown San Antonio on October 12th. Basically, um, I want it to kind of be like a, uh, welcome back to, to comedy event kind of for me, like I've been getting back into it. Uh, a ton of people that knew I did comedy that I do stuff at work where we've got like orientation, but basically it's an hour and a half of work appropriate stand up and crowd work. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah. And then I do like a, a game show as well. I MC a bunch of events and people know me as like, you're that funny guy from work that also does comedy, but you never tell us about shows. Mm. So I want this to kind of be like my re-release into the wild of like, Hey, y'all have been asking, when am I going to do a show? Like here it is. And then I'm trying to get funny guys on. I've got to get the list cleared. Mm. Um, but there are a lot of guys that I think are super funny. Like I, I talked to you about this. I, I think you're super funny and the kind of humor you have is a kind of humor. I appreciate that doesn't always hit it at, at, with bar crowds. Yeah. Cause sure. I feel like it's going over their head, but like you write really smart jokes that are super funny and you're so like understated and super funny. And there's just a lot of guys that I see like that, that like, man, we need to get these guys a spotlight so people know who they are and build them up and try and get on more shows. Um, so yeah, October, Saturday, October 12th, 10 PM at jokesters, uh, working on that show. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you saying all that because I have zero confidence in my act, really. Good. That's that's where you need to stay, man. Once you get confident, everything's gone. Yeah, man. I, I see these people that just go up and like with the, with confidence and stuff. I was like, how do you how do you do that, man? Like- <laughs> so I think that's one of the things I've seen about San Antonio is there's a lot of confident people and not everybody should be that confident. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, why are you like that? Like you, you're active shit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I've been I've been trying working it. I write a lot, and uh, I try to go up as much as possible. I've I've grown a lot since my first time starting. When did you start? I've only been doing it for like a year and a half. See, that's the crazy thing. Like, I'm talking to all these guys, and I'm like, man, y'all are funny. And then I ask, how long have you been doing? And they're like, oh, a year, year and a half, two years. Yeah. Y'all are barely in, and I think for that's sure, yeah. That's the that's the crazy thing. It's like if y'all are that soon in and you're already that funny it's gonna be just a matter of like keep writing figuring out what works keep going up at mics and the more you do the better you're gonna get so by by the time like 
you catch up with these guys that have been doing it for, you know, 10 years, whatever, y'all are going to be killing it and headlining and stuff. And I think that's one of the things that's so exciting is if it seems like over the past few years, there have been so many more comics that have just popped up and everybody's getting into it. And again, I, it's becoming cliche for me, but the more y'all work together, the more you push each other, the better everybody's going to get. Yeah. How much has your act changed over the years? It, well, I won't say necessarily that my, my act has changed. Uh, it's just more of the same stuff. Like I'm, I'm more of a storyteller. Mm. That's just always been kind of the guy I've been is like, I'll just find a way to tell a story, but I'm awkward. I weighed 350 pounds. I'm terrible with women. And then there are just some things that happen in life that I think are so dumb that I was like, I cannot be the only person that thinks this is this dumb. Mm. Um, and so I, I think it's been more of that, but also I, I think as I've gotten a little bit older, uh, I've started to feel a little bit more confident probably with what I want to say, because there's, there's stuff like I wouldn't like, I wouldn't talk about sex like at all because I was like, Oh no, I can't. Oh God. Cause I grew up in a super religious house and like, Oh, if you even say sex, you're going to hell. Oh yeah. Uh, so like I was terrified of talking about that stuff. Now I'm just like, Nope. That's pretty much a thing everybody does, and they're mm-hmm. gonna relate to it. So why not screw it, go for it, um, and just try. Like I'm trying to push myself a little bit more. Um, also, just more life experience, more watching comedy, more doing comedy, and understanding. Hey, man, if you think something is funny, but you've done the joke twelve times and people don't laugh, that means it's not funny. Yeah. Like if you think it's funny, cool just say it in your head. Don't say it into a microphone. Mm -hmm. So starting to take the feedback from the crowd and it's not to say you do a joke one time and people don't laugh. That doesn't mean give up on it. But if you do it over and over and over and you've written on it and workshopped it and tried it a ton of different ways and it's still not getting any laughs, just having the, the humility to say, okay, cool. Give up on that. Throw it away. Yeah. That's cool, man. So you do a lot of stuff at work. So you, so you have the ability to work clean because I don't think, I don't think I've seen a clean set from you. <laughs> yeah. So so when you go to the mics, you're like, this is where the animal comes out. Yeah. But at, it, exactly. You have the ability to, to keep it clean at work. Yeah. And I, <laughs> because and I think that's that's kind of the way I came up because I was doing again basically an acoustic guitar open mic, mm-hmm. and then the the college I went to was associated with the Church of God. So even oh, the headliners okay. they would bring in, they had to sign a contract saying it would be PG-13 or they wouldn't get paid. Wow. So that's how I came up. Uh, and then I was a high school teacher for three years. You can't swear. Um, I, the, the first time I ever did like a club, I said, bitch, there was no reason at all. I just added a bitch to it. And I'm like, Oh, I'm so edgy. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And I'm like, Nope, that was stupid. There was no reason to do that. I just wanted to, to be dark. Um, but yeah, like just doing it at work kind of with the knowledge of I need this job to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have like a set thing cause it is like, I talk about the job, but like I also, I just weave my comedy in and then I do some crowd work and just make sure like I keep everything appropriate. Um, and like some of my stuff is, is clean. Uh, cause that's still again, how I came up and some of the things you don't need to say words or have that stuff involved. I just, a lot of that stuff is more fun for me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if it's, and right now it's, I do this because it's fun. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't have a Netflix special. Uh, I'm not getting, thousands of dollars to do this it's like cool i just want to go up and if it's fun for me and if it makes people laugh awesome so 
if I challenge myself to like, Hey, write 15 minutes of just clean, it would be tough. I think I could get, it probably wouldn't be as funny at least in its original iteration, but I could work on it and and get there to do like a a feature clean gig. Yeah. And I don't mean that you're like a dirty comic. Oh yeah. Like you don't cuss a lot, but you do push boundaries and stuff, which is great because you do have that, that little nerdy persona type of yep. thing, you know, you, you remind me of like, are you, you appear to be like, like a Woody, Woody Allen type that watches w- without, not, you know, with ET. yeah. <laughs> okay. I was like, I thought you were just going to leave it at Woody Allen. I'm like, yeah, without like, you know, marrying his daughter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, cause that's, that's the thing. Like I am, I'm this super pasty nerdy guy that you're like, cool. He probably teaches math for fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah, I talk about hip hop. Like I, I, that's how I grew up. Like I grew up super religious, uh, household, nothing but church music. There was literally a song about abstinence. Um, and I wasn't allowed to listen to it because it had the word sex in it. I'm like, mom, it's about not having sex. She's like, I don't care. Like, okay. Uh, and then we moved to a different neighborhood and suddenly I've got on, on one side, um, are these kids that listen to corn and limp biscuit and then across the street, um, we have a family and they're listening to Tupac, uh, Biggie, Jay-Z. And so now I'm like, oh my God, wait, there's, there's music that's not just about Jesus. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, this is amazing. And so I started listening to that stuff and that was like my exposure to the outside world. And so that just became natural for me. And I'm I, like, I listened to, to hip hop in my car and I probably look like an idiot. Uh, and nobody would, everybody freaks out if I ever start rapping along. Cause I just don't look like that guy, but I'm like, I'm very gangster. You don't understand, <laughs> you don't but understand. I'm very, very gangster. Yeah, man. You bust out a rap last night at, uh, at LOL. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, I just love it. And that's how I thought. So like the, the bit, uh, he was talking about is, uh, I have Snoop Dogg teach the ABCs cause I would like, I just thought about it. I was like, man. We could, because I started really listening to hip hop and I was in college and I was going to start teaching and I started thinking about how I was going to connect with students and I did, um, I did my student teaching in like this inner city where the school was like 85% black mm-hmm. and they had me teaching a section about poetry and I'm like, oh God, I don't even like poetry and now I got to teach it to 14 year old kids whose parents make no money. No. They don't care about old dead white dudes mm-hmm. rhyming. So I was like, all right, what can I do? And then I was listening to music on the way in. I was like, oh, that's a simile. That's a metaphor. I'm like, oh my God. So I just started pulling lyrics from rap songs to teach them about similes and metaphors. And they're like, when I asked the first one, I'm like, what is that? And they're like, that's a Jay-Z line. I'm like, okay, but is it a simile or a metaphor? And it started clicking with them. And I don't want to be like, oh, you were that cool substitute who said, okay, guys, we're going to do the hip hop. But like, it was just a finding a way to connect with students. And so I started to, to push that more and like, okay, how can I get it even more? Like, how could I push this further? Like what's going to connect with people? Yeah. And I was like, man, if Snoop had talked to ABCs, that would have been so much cool. I'm like, wait a minute, I could make Snoop dog teach the ABCs. <laughs> and that's just, that's how I think about stuff. And I think it's, it's cool for me um, to see the crowds, Cause I talk about essentially how white I am yeah. and then I start doing hip hop jokes and to see the crowd go, Oh my God, what just, what just happened to him? That is that the same guy? That's one of the most fun things for yeah, me. Yeah. You catch him off guard. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
did you did you have a hard time getting that approved by the school like that you're gonna bring in rap instead of bringing in like books and stuff no i told no. him uh and actually when when i ended up getting my teaching job with um with my freshmen we put into the curriculum that we were teaching tupac's poetry wow yeah because they were like man it works like if you can connect basically anything to the like the state has a list of requirements like these are the skills they have to learn in this class you can make anything fit that stuff. Okay. And so we said, all right, what's going to connect with them? And Tupac released poetry. And we're like, that, that'll be great. And then I talked to my, my teacher um, when I was student teaching um, my, I guess my, my uh, supervisor. And, she, and I told her about my idea. And she's like, I think that could work. Just, you know, obviously don't have any swearing or sexual anything, whatever. I'm like, that's fine. But I'll pull this stuff in. And when she saw the kids getting into it and like talking about it in class, she's like, oh my God, this is great. It's like, yeah, you don't, school can actually be kind of fun yeah. if you try to connect with the students. And I think a lot of people don't do that. And that's, that's always been my philosophy is kind of understanding your audience and then play to the audience. And I think that's why, I do so much crowd work, like the way my brain works. I can't, if, if somebody reacts to something, I have to then react to their reaction. Mm -hmm. And that's why like, I'll start kind of conversations or comment on something that's going on in the audience and it'll like, it stretches out my set. And then sometimes I'll take something from it. I'm like, that's fantastic. And it just becomes a part of my set. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it's, if you can connect with the audience, regardless of what your job is, if you're doing stand up, whatever it is, if you can connect with the audience, it's going to go so much better. Yeah. That's crazy, man. That's pretty cool. Uh, should I have a question I'm going to ask you? Uh, who are some of your influences or the, like your comedy? Was yeah. It, has it always been like clean comedy, even like with the music and stuff? No. Who are some of your comedy <laughs> influences? Uh, so the, the very first influence um, was Robin Williams. Um, he, I loved watching his movies and then I found out he did stand up and I listened to that and I'm like, Oh, but he says dirty words. Uh Oh, uh, and then my dad had some Steve Martin records. Uh, and then when I got to high school, Lewis black, like I wanted to be Lewis black. Um, and I like, he does this thing where he like points at people and he just gets really loud and yeah. I wanted to do that so bad and I would try it. And then I was like, nah, I'm not that angry. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the first time I heard, uh, Brian Regan live, that record killed me. Like I literally fell out of my chair laughing so hard. And that was when I think that's really when it sunk in. I could do this because he's up here talking about little league baseball mm -hmm. and being dumb and like having a bunch of brothers and terrible car and like all this stuff. I'm like, people are laughing at this super weird stuff that you would never think to talk about. And I was like, man, I could do this. And then start. I literally just started consuming everything. I watched Chappelle. I was like, Oh my God, like he is absolutely amazing at this. Um, whoever was on Jim Gaffigan. I was like, okay, he's weird too. Like all the, when I started seeing guys that talk about stuff that most people don't talk about, mm -hmm. that's when I really started to realize there is an audience for everyone. It doesn't, if you think it's funny, absolutely. Somebody else thinks it's funny. Uh, and so I just started writing down whatever I thought was funny. Yeah. What's one of your most embarrassing moments on stage? most embarrassing moments on stage was probably, uh, so I was doing, um, the, the open mic at the coffee shop and I had, uh, a joke. 
where um, I talk about uh, I love older women be- not only because they can take their teeth out, uh, <laughs> but also because they know where they're going in life, the funeral home. And there were only about 15 people there, and 10 of them were probably over 80. Oh. <laughs> and they just stared at me. And like one of them just kind of shook their head. I'm like, oh, cool. Well, I'm going to hell. Yeah. Uh, and it was because it was just, it was them. They were pissed. And then you have the the other people that are just like looking back and forth between us and like, that's embarrassing. And I just, I hated that moment so much. It was, uh, it was not ideal. Yeah. So uh, growing up, you said that your parents were very strict about what you yep. can't listen to and all that stuff. Yep. Have, have they seen your comedy? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, they've never seen me like my, so my mom lives in Ohio and I had posted on Facebook asking like, Hey guys, if I do this show, would y'all want to check it out? And my mom's like, I'll come down and see it. I'm like, no, no, you will not. <laughs> there is stuff I absolutely don't want you to see. Um, they, they've seen me do, do some shows and like stuff that they think is like super edgy. Meanwhile, I'm like, okay, this is like my tame stuff. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, I like, do that at work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would like, I would absolutely tell that to my other managers. They think it's hilarious. Um, but my mom was like, Oh, I don't, I don't like that joke at all. Wow. Uh, so yeah, some of my new stuff I very much would not want her to see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but do they know that you are kind of an edgy uh, Probably not. not. Oh, I mean, if my mom listens to this now, she will. Uh, But probably not. I'm I'm sure she knows, like, I I have said a few uh, foul words around her. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't. I don't think she's going to expect to hear me talking about licking butts or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure she knows there's a little bit more to me than just what she's seen. <laughs> What's your writing process like? Like, do you consider that? Do you consider like who you, who you don't want to offend? Like, would my mom appreciate this or would she? So not so much my mom anymore. There, yeah. there are some things where like I was in, um, it's not necessarily stand up, and this is how I knew I'm a stand up so much. There's a thing called Toastmasters. It's basically like a public speaking mm-hmm. club. Yeah, yeah. And they had um, a humorous speech contest, and basically they said, uh, "Imagine that the audience is your grandparents." Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so I should do just racist jokes, <laughs> or, uh, and they're just like, it just has to be like the cleanest anything ever. Like, okay, so that, like, I really thought about my audience. Now it's just, do I think this is funny? Mm-hmm. And then I'll bounce things off of other comics because sometimes they'll be like, yeah, that's funny or that could be funny, but you need to work on it or nope, that's absolutely terrible. Yeah. So I, I try to write for me uh, and then... There may be some things where, like, even at the LOL, like, I'll look out at the crowd, and you kind of have to make assumptions mm-hmm. on, okay, this is the the makeup of the crowd. This is maybe I'll tailor it a little bit this way. Or you just watch the show before because you can tell so much about the crowd by watching the other comics. Because if you see them do jokes that kill everywhere else and mm-hmm. then they fall flat, you're like, okay, this is a tight crowd. Or if there's stuff where... Like there, I've done shows with guys. I'm like, this guy's not very funny, but then he's, everything he's saying is hitting. I'm like, 
this is going to be an extremely fun crowd. Like mm-hmm. they're here to have a good time. They're here to laugh or like they're laughing at jokes about like what's in the news right now. Mm-hmm. Or when somebody's like, Hey, if you, even right now, like, Hey, if you, what do you guys think about Epstein? And then everybody's just silent. Like that was only two weeks ago, mm-hmm. but some people are like just completely past it. So if you pay attention to what's going on before you, you can kind of think about, okay, this is the stuff I'm going to keep this or I'll, uh, or I'll sub this in or shorten this, or I just won't ask that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but it really helps. So I don't think during my writing process, I don't think about the audience, but when I'm actually performing, I, I definitely try and think about the audience. Yeah. I've been trying to work a little bit more clean, trying to write a little bit more clean. I'm just not that clever to make clean, funny, funny. comedy, you know, like I, I talked to a clean comic, uh, you know, an open micer and he's like, yeah, man, just, just act like your, your mom's in the audience. But my mom's gone to one of my shows. Yeah. And so she's seen me say some of the worst stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like my mom's not really strict about cussing. Like I just can't curse at her for sure, you know. But she's heard very bad things. So I mean, that doesn't help. Yeah, <laughs> I know? actually I did a show um, a while back, like when I had come down, and my boss and his wife were there, and I couldn't see them. I didn't know where they were sitting, but I knew they were going to be at the show. Uh, and I'd been getting heckled all night. Like all the comics had been getting heckled all night by this woman. And then, like, I'd kind of been like, okay, feel free to shut up and all this stuff. And then towards the end of my set, I just, like, look, C-word, shut up. Uh, The entire audience was, like, applauding and all this stuff. And then I found out after the show, uh, that was my boss's wife. Oh, no way. And I was like, well... Uh, this is probably the day I get fired. And he was just like, no, she deserved it. She should have shut up. Uh, maybe don't use the C word anymore. I'm like, you are correct. Yeah. Um, but it was just like, it was one of those things where I'm like, this is, and it, it did get the crowd because when you're that annoying, going to that level of extreme sometimes can get them. But that's again, there were times where I would try stuff again, just to be edgy or just to like push the boundaries or whatever. And I think that's one of the things with maybe my maturity where I'm like, I don't have to do this stuff. Like I, they're going to, the audience is going to know, like that's not who that guy is. Like he's putting on a show. Yeah. They're not going to buy it. Cause I'm clearly not that guy. Like I am a beta male. I have no problem with that at all. Yeah. Um, I'm a nerdy white kid. Cool. No problem. I'm not going to try and force a tough guy act or anything. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was definitely an awkward moment for me. <laughs> uh, so do you have like any, do you sit down and like plan out any like long-term short, short-term goals? And like, what do you have on that? So I think my, when I got back into it, the first, honestly, my first goal was just get back up in front of a microphone and tell jokes Mm -hmm. because it had been so long. And honest to God, like I would sit at home and just be terrified of, I'm not, I'm not funny. Like Ohio was just, there were people supporting me or I got lucky and you're not actually funny and the new stuff isn't going to be funny and there's no point doing it. So just don't. Mm -hmm. And then I, I got to a point where I'm like, I just need to get up in front of a mic, get it out of the way. And then whatever happens, happens. That was my first goal. Then it was, okay, keep going. Then it became, oh, this actually, this feels good. And like people are laughing and talking to me. Then it became, all right, you've already got this stuff. And I was trying basically a different set every week Mm -hmm. to see how much I had. Um, So after I did like four weeks of almost exclusively different stuff every week, I was like, okay, I've actually got a decent amount of time now 
build to having 25 minutes and do a feature set by the end of this year. Mm -hmm. That became my goal for this year. And then I said, by the end of next year, do a headlining set um, and have between 45 minutes and an hour of material. Uh, And that's, that's really what I'm striving for and I'm keeping writing. I've actually already done... I call it, if you want to call it headlining, like finishing a show doesn't necessarily really mean you headlined. Yeah. Um, but like I, I look at it as where like I featured at the end of a show. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I, I look at it as I've already done a feature set, but I want to keep pushing. Um, my goal for next year is still have an hour and do a headlining set like to show myself like you're still writing, you're still funny, you can do this, uh, and then just get up, and it, it, to me, it's kind of, it's not an Everest to do an hour, mm-hmm. but that's a, that's a monumental thing in my head, because I freak out about, like, how long, and thinking, okay, if people don't laugh, it's a much shorter set, or if people don't interact, it's a much shorter set, so the idea of, I have to entertain however many hundreds of people for an hour straight, mm-hmm. where I'm the only thing going on, I think I've built it up so much in my head that it's it's this monumental task. And so I really want to do that next year to say, I did an hour. Yeah, That's no longer a thing. Then it becomes, cool, now I know I have an hour. Now make this the best hour possible. And then get it to a point where somebody sees it and be like, hey, you know what? I want to book you not in San Antonio. I want to bring you up to Houston or Dallas or, you know what? We want you to do um, this festival or something like that or... Uh, touring comic sees me is like, look, you're not going to do an hour, but why don't you come feature for me in a different city? Something like that to where I'm just making it. I want to feature. I've done it. Now I want to do headline and then just make it the best headline set. I can make it essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know, like uh, you don't really deal with the, uh, with social media. You said you're really not yeah. active on like Instagram or Twitter and stuff. Yeah. Like you don't think that that's kind of important to kind of like get the, get your name out there, get your, yourself recognized. Absolutely. It is. I am very bad at setting an example of what you should be doing. Yeah. But I think it's also kind of, for me, I know I'm just getting back out there. Like that was the big thing when, when I went to open mics and everybody's like, Hey, what's your website? Or, you know, what videos do you have out there? I'm like, I don't have anything right now because my focus is just getting out to mics or just getting more jokes. Like I don't want to set up this huge social media presence when I think I'm still not that good. Damn, um, man. Like you, you're, you're wrong, man. Like you were really, you're really a top performer like already. I appreciate it, man. And that's like, that's not me knowing that you've been doing it for 13 years. Mm-hmm. I thought you had just came up on the scene out of nowhere. Well, then in that case, I just started two months ago. <laughs> I wrote my first joke. So I just, I'm very lucky at this. No, I think it's, I think it's important though. I think like, like with me, like a lot of people jump right into it. They start yeah. YouTube pages. They, they like change their bio and all that stuff. I'm not, a, I'm not a comedian. I'm a, I'm a guy, I'm a podcast host mm-hmm. that does open mics and right sometimes on. does shows. Yeah. Yeah. Like I keep it realistic. But I still know the importance of having a, a social media presence. Yeah. And I do it with the podcast. I push the podcast and then, oh, by the way, I'm doing a comedy set at this place, that, that or the other. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I think it is it is very important, you know, especially because the, the, the open mics or the shows, they're not really in heavy foot traffic. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so you got to figure out a way to get people. You need, you need a hashtag. You need to, yeah. you know, tag people, tag, tag places, you know, so people could find it. Like, like, like people know yeah. about the podcast, but they've never heard it just because of the image that, that I use and the, the right. hashtags that I use. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I still haven't figured out the science of that, but I know that it is type of, and it is a very important tool to uh, promote yourself. Yeah. And I like social media is so much more important. Everybody makes fun of me. Like I'm an old man. Like I was born an old man. Like I was probably yelling, get off my lawn at five. (laughs) Like I I know it's important. I don't even really know how Instagram works. Like I have it. I have like 12 followers, not to brag. Uh, (laughs) I've never posted anything. And I think my, my fear was like, if I put all of this into social media and then, oh, Hey, I don't have any shows coming up or I'm not really doing anything, or I'm not active on it. Like, what's the, what's the point of doing it? I know you need to get yourself out there. And I think once, I, again, like, I, I go back to, I didn't really feel ready. Now that I'm starting to get on some shows, and I'm doing a little bit more, and people are starting to see me, I know I'm going to need to do that stuff to kind of build any kind of following. I think for me, like, honestly... I didn't really look at myself as being that big of a deal. I was just like, I just want to go hang out with friends, tell some jokes and hopefully people laugh. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm getting a little bit of traction again, five paid customers in Pflugerville, Texas. Yeah. Uh, Well, five in Pflugerville is very good. Oh, well in that case, yeah, I'll just quit my job. Uh, (laughs) But like, yeah, now that, now that I'm actually starting to do stuff like I know, cause I did have somebody like, Hey man, like, uh, what do you, what do you do on Instagram? Cause I know like you've got guys, um, like Kabaza, he's got a couple different podcasts. He's mm-hmm. putting clips on Instagram, like dude, super funny. He's doing a lot of big stuff in San Antonio. And I think that's what people are thinking. Like everybody is doing this stuff. I'm like, damn, I'm, I don't have any of that. So now I'm thinking about like, okay, what do I need to start doing? How do I get myself out there? So I know I'm going to have to, except I feel like I'm going to be like I'm gonna go to a social media for beginners class with a bunch of grandparents at the Y or something like yeah. that, and have to learn how to use Instagram because I'm I am a very old man. I don't know how this stuff works. I don't think it's that this that uh, that scary. It's not as scary. Like I don't really know how to use Twitter all that much. I'm still okay. getting used to that. But like a lot of people don't use Twitter around here. Uh, it's the spelling is difficult, man. Yeah, the spelling. Uh, but yeah, it is. It is kind of weird how like. You don't have that uh, that social media. I think you need to. I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't know. I'll give myself homework. Yeah, yeah. I'll make I a post. It, it, would, it would help you, man, because yeah. like you, are, you are funny. You are one of those that are, are. That's. I think you're ready to to do headlining spots. I appreciate that. You already man. have like what? Like you almost have like thirty, forty five minutes. I so yeah. The the show I did this past weekend, I recorded at twenty seven minutes, and I know there's stuff I forgot. And then looking back, and then I'm like, oh, I haven't put this stuff in yet. If, if I've got a, a good crowd and they're being interactive and they're laughing, um, right now I might be able to stretch to 45. I'm comfortable. If somebody tells me you're doing half an hour, I'm like, cool, I can do that. Um, 45 half an hour you're cool with already. Yeah. Oh, sure. yeah. Um, as long as it, if the crowd's into it, if it's a, if they told me to do half an hour at the elbow room, I couldn't do it. Uh, cause I need something from the crowd to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like at a good club or a fun room, stuff like that, I could for sure do half an hour. Well, the uh, elbow room does have good shows. Like I just did one uh, a couple weeks ago, yeah. but when it's set up for a show, when people know yes. like we're doing a show, not just open mic like, Tuesday yeah. at the elbow room, I could not do half an hour yeah, for sure. The, the packed house show at elbow room. I could do half an hour. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I, I have a solid 10. I could stretch it to 20, but mm-hmm. that's, 
it. Yeah. Like if somebody said half an hour, I was like, no, man, I honestly can't do it. Yeah. But some people would take it. And sure. Even if they don't have <laughs> half an hour. That's the interesting thing to see people that I'm like, man, you bit off way more than you can chew or like people that feel. And I think that's the, the other side of the coin where you're talking about like putting yourself out there. I feel like some people are like, if I have a hashtag, but I'm not funny, I'm successful or like if I say I've got all this stuff, but it's not actually good, then, well, I've got an hour of material. I'm like, yeah, but if three minutes of it is good, does it, it doesn't matter how long it is. No. Uh, and I think that was kind of my fear is like, I didn't want to put the cart before the horse. Like I wanted to make sure everything's in place. I know again, now that I'm starting to, to do some things, I need to get more involved. I just didn't want to run before you walk kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. So you're not really, you're not really thinking about like, album recordings or even doing no like way. a YouTube type of No way. Thing. I so I, I think um I'm not worried uh, if I think I'm really good at starting and finishing sentences. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I'm not super worried about an album. Like if that day ever comes and that that was kind of the thing of like I'm not even I'm not even headlining right now. So I'm definitely not worried about that. Even when I start headlining, it's still it might be an hour but it's not going to be a the great best. hour. Yeah, yeah, it'll, yeah, it might be like a good hour and I get laughs and things are good and I make a couple hundred bucks, whatever, here and there. Um, but I want it to be the best it can possibly be because I don't I don't need an album. Like, that's not a big thing for me. Mm. I just want to make people laugh and I want to be proud of what I put out. Um, and I don't need to, oh, hey, check out my album on iTunes. I sold 15 copies. Like that's not like a huge thing for me, so I'm not gonna push it. Uh, if I get there one day, that would be absolutely amazing. But I'm I'm not in a big rush. Like if I were to do a YouTube channel, I think I've been talking with some of the other comics. Like some guys want to do sketches mm -hmm. um, or doing like the the off the cuff show uh, at the Tiger on Sundays. Like that kind of stuff is fun, and I think that might be fun. Or like I've talked about doing like a poker night with comics or playing like. Uh, cards against humanity with comics stuff like that mm -hmm. where it's not just stand up but doing things with other funny people i think that would be cool yeah yeah i saw that uh like everybody's like about the Chappelle and uh, the bill burr on, yeah. on netflix which were fucking great i think i like bill burr more than i like Chappelle. okay uh like the, the specials the last specials yeah i think bill burr was like really tight no like filler Chappelle was just kind of like he was kind of playing with the crowd type yep. of thing uh, left some spaces in between there, but uh, pissed off a lot of people for sure. Yes, I don't. I mean, I thought it was funny, uh, but I just saw today that uh, Andrew Schultz, he's mm -hmm. a comic out of New York. Yep. he released a, a, a special, like a, a crowd work special. Yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, for free. Yeah, like uh, all he's trying, he's promoting that, pushing that, trying to get views. Because I mean, I, I don't mm. know how YouTube money works and stuff. Yeah, but I mean, he's just like nobody else is fucking with me. I'm just gonna put it on YouTube. Yeah, you know. I think that that's fucking great. I mean, it was a, it was a half hour, mm -hmm. just crowd work stuff. Nothing, nothing Netflix worthy. Yeah. I guess. I mean, it, it could have been. It was really. He's funny. He's very yeah. quick. Uh, but yeah, man, like people people take advantage of that stuff. Like they they know like the, maybe the the Netflix bubble has, has popped. So yeah. now they're just like, well, let's just fuck with YouTube. Yeah. You know? And I think it is, it depends on who it is and what they're trying to do, what their goal is. Like, I, I think that's the big thing, um, for, for Schultz is like, he has done it like all on his own. Like nobody's brought him under his wing. Yeah. It's completely independent. And I think for a lot of people, like you look at bands that they're realizing I don't need to sign to a major label. Yeah. Like I can make my own stuff. I can release it myself. I keep all the profits. I yeah. can put up my own tours. Like I'm not going to be selling out stadiums, but 
I can con- have complete control over everything, still have a good time and still make money. Like I, th- I think that's a really cool thing to do. And I, I mean, you do look at Netflix and it was like, it seemed like every three hours a new stand-up special was coming out like, oh, people have ever heard your name. You're not even a comedian, but you're a celebrity. Have an hour stand-up special. Yeah. Like that to me, it's you're oversaturating and you're starting to make people like this is all stand-up can be. Mm-hmm. And that was honestly, I hate seeing it. I know I'm not the target audience for everything and there are people that were super stoked and think it's absolutely hilarious and like, cool, that's just not, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good to see more people have opportunities, but I mean, there are so many people that uh, you would, ha- just a, a normal person would have absolutely no clue who they are but they're hilarious. Mm-hmm. And like, if they had an hour on Netflix, like I would watch that thing on repeat, but you're, you're not going to go watch it at all. Or nobody knows who they are. Um, it's the same thing. Like I, I performed one of those guys for me is Chad Thornsberry. He's a guy I opened for back in Ohio. Dude's hysterical. And he talked about it like where he opened, I think for Pauly Shore and somebody came up to him after the show and said, man, you were hilarious. You should have headlined. He's like, what's my name? I'm like what? I'm like, What's my name? Like oh, I, I don't know. Oh, like, wow. Exactly. You don't even know my name, but you know Paulie Shore. That's who puts butts in seats. Yeah, and that's the big thing. Like there, you're gonna recognize names, and that's the thing I've heard a lot about San Antonio. If a big name comes here, they'll sell out. Somebody could be the funniest person alive, but you don't know who they are. The club will be empty. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the thing. Like yeah, you have, and then now you've got. Um, Chappelle just dropped Burr is dropping Eddie Murphy is coming like now you're having like these legends come out with this stuff I'm like that's what I want more of I'm not saying put out like nine specials at once but seeing these like these are titans mm-hmm. of what we enjoy doing to see them come out at like the height of their game that I, I don't need all the other filler like just give me that yeah and to be honest, like those were the only two that I watched from start to finish the hours, yeah. the hour special. Yep. Because who, who really has time for that? And sometimes I, I check out, and uh, that's why like they also do like thirty minutes mm-hmm. on Netflix, thirty minute specials. Yeah. And they have like even one with fifteen minutes. And I mean, I, I think that's awesome. I mean, because like you're really you're utilizing all that time, you're keeping their attention. Yep. Because I don't know, like I don't know how they do like the uh, what is it the the how they could tell when people when people check out. Yeah, like the auto. Pl- are you still watching? And then the auto play and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Algorithms and all that. Yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. You know, like I don't. Uh, but they were watching that, and they knew that people check out after fifteen minutes. Yeah, people check out after thirty. Yep. Uh, so yeah, man. Like maybe more short specials. That would be that would be interesting, and that's uh, why I liked like Premium Blend on Comedy Central. Yeah, where it was just yeah, it was like three short sets in half an hour, and so you get these little chunks, and it's basically it's like a an open mic feature set essentially. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's really cool because you do people's attention spans are so short now that it's a really cool idea. Like you don't need an hour of a lot of these people. Like give me fifteen. It's it's like we, we talked about earlier, like you're saying I could go 10, I could stretch to 20. If you tell me to do half an hour, like I can't do it. I feel mm-hmm. like some of these people, like if you tell them do 15 minutes, they will kill for those 15 minutes. But you put that out over an hour and it's like, oh, s- stop, man. You yeah. do not. You can't fill this up. Yeah, for sure, man. Hey, man, this was a lot of fun, dude. Yeah. Uh, any shout outs? Anybody that you want to say shout out to? Any sponsors that you may have? <sighs> 
on Twitter. Or I, I wish. The best uh, yeah. Hey. Uh, yeah. Chris Harrison. If you listen to this, if you want to put me on Bachelor in Paradise, uh, let's let's do it. I need a vacation to Mexico. Um, and no, shout out to everybody in the four one nine. No, uh, the you know Monday Mikers. Everybody uh, out there. Uh, Joey putting them on. Justin, Adrian, Patrick, uh, Joe. Like everybody that. Shout out to essentially everybody that's just going out there having fun and trying to get better. Like that's that's what this is about to me. Like we're not all going to be famous, but let's be the best we can be. Yeah, especially Joey Joey Smith. Fuck that guy. Yeah, he needs that, to quit comedy. That son of a bitch. Sure. Terrible. It's horrible. Uh, but he runs the money mic, so he's all right. Yeah. Uh, again, and your plugs. How do people find? Oh you? yeah, uh, Jeremy Brown F U N E Jeremy Brown Fun E on uh, Twitter or the gram. Uh, you can look me, I'm just Jeremy Brown on Facebook. I've got privacy settings cause I've got a big boy job. Uh, but if you're attractive, I will accept your friend request. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for doing this. Uh, I'll see you, uh, see you around. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me. Later. Shout outs to uh, CBDB, shout out to 104 Manudo Dimas, and also shout out to Ugly Head and Heat Without Scored uh, for letting us use the music for the intro and outro of uh, the episode. All right, I'll see y'all next week. Thank you very much. <laughs>